welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Let's get into the Word of God today. We're going to continue our sermon series that we started a few weeks ago called The Stress-Free in a Stressful World. How many of y'all getting stressed already with the holidays? <laughs> My boy's over here. He's like 15 years old. He's already stressed out. <laughs> I, I get you. I feel you, man. It, it's hard being that good looking, like which girl to pick. You know, I know. I feel it. Don't let your mama know. Good thing she's not paying attention right now. So um, anyway, uh, you know, we, we started this sermon series, and no doubt we are living in some very stressful times. In fact, the title of today's message is Don't Worry, Be Happy. Tell your neighbor, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> yeah, catchy, catchy title. I know. Um, I, I, I stayed up all night thinking about it. So, um, but there's no doubt we are, we are living in some, some very stressful times. In fact, studies show that stress is at, a near, is at near record levels. And in fact, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Between counseling, drugs, books, stress management, seminars, and so much more. In fact, stress is making as much money as almost the weight loss and health industry. And, and, and so the stress is a part of our, our lives. And in fact, you know, I was asked the question, Pastor, does, is the devil the one that stresses us out? You know, and I had to stop and think about it for a moment. But honestly, when we get stressed, it's not the devil attacking us. It's us attacking ourselves. If, if we want to be straight up in real and keep it 100 about stress, stress is not the devil. Now, now, don't get me wrong. The devil can use situations. Devil can use problems to stress you out. But the, the source of our stress is usually ourselves. It comes from maybe bad decisions that we have made financially. Maybe it's bad relationships that we are in. Maybe it's just unhealthy habits that that we have uh, haven't been able to break but no matter what the source of our stress is aren't you glad that the scriptures give us a clear solution on how to handle stress do you know that God doesn't want you stressed out he doesn't want you stressed out. He wants you to be at peace. In fact, when Paul was writing his letter to the Philippians, he was actually addressing this. Go with me to Philippians chapter 6, verse 7. It says, if you do this, tell your neighbor, if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. How many of you want to experience that level of peace in your life? Imagine for a moment. Wouldn't that be great in, in the midst of, of this stressful season, in the midst of, of the stressful times that we're living in? You know, when I was, I was doing research for this series, I, I came to find out that around the mid-2000s, around 2009, 2010, do you know that suicide began to take first place in injury-related deaths? over car accidents. That is, that is the, the level of stress that we are, are, are dealing with 
today. And, and so the, the Bible gives us a clear solution on how to handle stress. And Paul is writing to the, the, the church in, in Philippi, and he's addressing how they can have a peaceful mind and have a, a, a peaceful and quiet heart. Now, this is something that I'm really interested in because, you know, being a pastor can stress you out. I have to deal with all of you guys. I'm just saying. Okay, I know something like, Pastor, we deal with you too. That's stressful enough. I get it. But Paul is writing his letter to the Philippian church, and, and he, had a, he had a special, close, intimate relationship with the, the, the church at, at Philippi. In fact, they were known for caring for him physically as well as financially. In fact, when Paul found himself in prison in Rome, they actually sent an envoy with like a care package and, and financial aid to make sure that he was well taken care of. So needless to say that Paul had a very warm and intimate relationship with this church. And so Paul here is writing to them and he's encouraging them because the church began to face unprecedented opposition for, and persecution from the outside. And not only that, they were also dealing with division and strife from the inside. So no doubt they were experiencing unprecedented levels of stress. And so Paul is writing to them on how they can have a, a, a peaceful heart and a, a peaceful mind to be able to have a mind at rest. But, you know, it's interesting to note that while Paul is writing this, he's penning this letter, he is actually in prison waiting for his execution. Now, if, if anybody needed some encouragement, it was probably Paul. But here he is in the midst of, 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 of personal stress, in the midst of unprecedented personal stress, in the midst of, of persecution for his faith and for his ministry. Paul sits down to write a letter telling the, the people at, at, at Philippi, the church at Philippi, on how to handle their stress. And, and I imagine when, when Paul is, is hearing th these complaints, in fact, while Paul is in prison, he actually writes four letters of encouragement, three to different churches and one to, to Philemon. And here he is in prison waiting his execution and dealing with other people's problems. H haven't you ever heard people complain? And when, you, when they're, the problems they're complaining about, you're looking at that and like, really, dude? You're complaining because you have no cheese on your bologna sandwich. It just, I imagine Paul sitting in a prison cell, being isolated, being stigmatized, being beaten almost to the point of death, waiting execution, falsely accused, and he's hearing all of these complaints that are causing stress and strife within the churches. And Paul's probably like, really, guys, you have no clue what stress is about. So, so if there is someone that, that I feel that might be able to speak to stress management, I believe that that would be, I, I believe that would be Paul. And so here in the letter to the Philippian church, God promises, promises us a peaceful and less stressful mind and heart. Did you know that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible 
But with every promise, there is always a premise. In other words, there is a condition. God says, if you will do this, then I will do this. If you will do that, then I will do that. So with every promise, there is always a premise, a, a condition. But let's take a look at the premise for this promise. In verse 6, it says, if you do this, if you do what? Look at what it says in Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't worry about anything Instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. Here we are seeing the formula or the secret solution to live stress-free. And the first thing that Paul says, don't, don't worry about anything. Then he says, pray about everything and give God thanks for all he has done. So last week, we, we, we took the last ingredient of this recipe and we talked about how gratitude can stave off stress. Gratitude can stave off anxiety and depression. And today we're going to talk about the first two ingredients and the first thing that Paul says is don't worry about anything. Tell your neighbor, don't worry about it. So here is the secret sauce to living stress-free. Number one, don't worry about anything. Why, 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 why is Paul addressing worry? Because worry is what feeds and fuels our stress. Do you know that the number one source of stress in your life is not your work, it is your Worry. Work is not what keeps you up at night. Worry does. So here it says, never worry about anything. Now that is a pretty comprehensive statement. Does the Bible give any exemption? No. Does the Bible say that there is a circumstance or a situation where you can actually worry and stress about? No. Paul comes out and says, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of being in prison, in the midst of waiting execution, Paul is telling us, you know what? Don't worry. There there is no exemption. There is no situation where Jesus says, okay, if you're going through this, then go ahead and worry. If you're going through sickness, go ahead and worry. If you're facing foreclosure, go ahead and worry. If you lost your job, go ahead and worry. No. Paul comes out and says, the secret sauce to living stress-free, number one, is don't worry about anything. Now, I know that's easier said than done. And, and, you know, in fact, Jesus thought worry was, was such an important topic. In the very first message that he preached, the very first public preaching that he gave, the Sermon on the Mount, he actually addressed worry. He thought this was so important. And there are four things that Jesus tells us about worry. Do you want to know what Jesus has to say about being worried? I'm glad you do. Nobody else does, but I'll just talk to you. Number one. The first thing Jesus says about worry is worry is unreasonable. Matthew 6, 25 says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Jesus is saying, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have food enough Food, or whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So Jesus is telling us why worry is unreasonable, and there are a couple of reasons. Number one, worry always exaggerates the problem. Worry always exaggerates the problem. Worry never makes a problem smaller. Worry always makes a problem bigger. 
right? The more you worry about the problem, the more you worry about the situation, the, the, the bigger it gets. When someone says something bad or negative about you, the more you think about it, the bigger it gets. When you have a problem, the more you think about it, does it ever get smaller? No, it always gets bigger. So worry exaggerates your problem. The more you worry about something, the bigger the problem appears. The more you worry about it, the more difficult it, 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 it comes off. So worry exaggerates. Worry is irrational. Worry is unreasonable because worry will always grow your problem out of proportion. It's like those mirrors where you go to the carnival and they have a mirror that makes you look fatter than you really are. I have one of those at my house. I do. I look at it like, yeah, it's just a mirror. And you're standing there. Nobody asked you, okay? <laughs> Nobody asked you tall, dark, and almost handsome. Love is blind. <laughs> That's what worry does. Worry grows your problem out of proportion. It makes it seem larger and bigger than it actually is. So the more you worry about it, the, the, the bigger it gets because worry is unreasonable. Now, another reason why worry is unreasonable is because worry doesn't work. Worrying about anything is useless and unproductive. Look what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, 25 and 26. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The New King James or the NIV says, can worrying add an hour to your life? Imagine all the hours you get to live in life. And Jesus says, can worry add a single moment to your life? Verse 26, and if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? What's the use of worrying over bigger things? Worrying is useless. Worrying about a problem or an issue doesn't make a difference in your life. And let me tell you, I know I've tried it. So before I preach these to you, I preach it to myself. Because I can find myself worrying. You know, here Paul, you know, Paul is, is being bombarded with, with complaints and issues and problems from the seven or eight churches that he oversees. And I only have three campuses and I'm bombarded like, Paul, I don't know how you do it. But every day, it's always a new problem, a new challenge, a new opportunity, something that we have to resolve. So I know that worry doesn't work. I've tried it. I've worried about things. Do you know that it is useless to worry? Worry about it. Worrying about a problem or an issue doesn't make a difference in your life. Worrying about something you can't change is useless. And worrying about something you can change is pointless. Because if you can change it, then go ahead and change it. So worry is unreasonable, and worry does not work. Number two, worry is unnatural. Do you realize that out of all creation, the only beings that worry are human beings? You weren't born with worrying. There are no born worries. I know some of you might think you are. But you weren't born with it. Worry is something you learn. Worrying is a learned behavior. And if you learned it, that means that you can unlearn learn it. But worrying is something that you learn. Just like anything else, to get good at it, you have to practice it. And some of you have a PhD in worrying. 
Because you've done it so much, you practice it so much, you're like a pro at worrying. But worrying is not natural. It is learned. You just pick it up. In fact, imagine, does a baby worry about anything? No. Babies don't worry about where they're going to eat, sleep, pee, or poop. In fact, Micah will pee anywhere, with a diaper or without a diaper. Like, he's not worried about doing it in public or private, in the car, at the park. It doesn't matter. A baby doesn't worry about anything. He, he knows that he's going to be taken care of. And so worrying is not natural. Worrying is something that we learn. It is a learned behavior. In fact, look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 26. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable? to him than they are. Notice Jesus says, your heavenly father. He's not talking about the bird's heavenly father. He's saying your heavenly father. That means that you have a father. What is a father? A father is a provider. A father is a protector. A father is a producer. See, when you have a heavenly father, you don't have to worry. And the birds don't even have a heavenly father. And Jesus saying, look, they don't have to worry about anything. They don't plant. They don't sow. They don't work. And yet they have everything they need. Aren't you much more valuable than that? For your heavenly father takes care of them. Why would he not take care of you? Because when you're a child of the king, you get special privileges. Right? Do you know that when you are a child of the king, that everything that belongs to the king actually belongs to you? It, it is your inheritance. It is your wealth. It is your riches. You don't have to worry when the king owns everything. And the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell in it belong to him. That is your heavenly father. And Paul is saying you don't have to worry about anything because the same father, the same God that takes care of the birds is going to take care of you. And so in all of creation, only human beings worry. Since worry is unnatural, that means worry is also unhealthy. Do you know that your body was not designed to handle worry? God didn't design you to worry. That, 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 was, not, that was not put into your DNA. That was not put into, into your body, into your system. Your body was not designed to handle worry. So the Bible is telling us clear that the same God that takes care of the birds of the air and takes care of everything else is the same God that is going to take care of you. So worry is unnatural. Do you know that it's not what you eat that makes you sick, it's what eats you. Have you ever seen someone say, man, I'm worried sick? That, that, is, that is real. You can actually worry yourself to death. Look at what Proverbs 12, 25 says. Worry weighs a person down. I mean, can you, get, you can't get more clear than that. 
So worry fuels and feeds our stress. It all starts with worry. If we want to live a stress-free life, we have to learn that we weren't designed to worry. We were designed to worship. We weren't designed to panic. We were designed to pray. See, we've got to understand that God, our Heavenly Father, is the same God that takes care of everything, is also going to take care of us. Do you know that the word worry comes from an old English word that means to strangle or to choke? So every time you are worrying, you are literally strangling and choking the life out of your body. When you are worrying, you are strangling the life out of your hopes. You are strangling the lives and choking the life out of your dreams. You are, stra you are stra literally uh, strangling and, and choking the life out of your destiny. That is why the enemy wants you to get into worry. Because when he knows that when you worry, you are going to strangle and choke the life out of your body. Look at what Proverbs 14.30 says. It says, a heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace. So what does Paul say? He says, if you do these things, the first thing, do not worry. You will have a heart of peace. So if you want to be healthier, you've got to stop worrying. Tell your neighbor, stop worrying. Number three, worry, even if you don't want to say it, say it. Worry is unreasonable. Worry is unnatural. Number three, worry is unhelpful. Worry doesn't change anything. Worry can't change the past or control the future. You know the only thing that worry does is it messes up today. It can't change the past when you worry about what happened. Worry can't control the future. All worry does is messes up right now. It messes up every moment. It messes up every situation. In fact, worry is like running on a treadmill. You're expending a lot of energy, but you're not going anywhere. Worry is useless. The only thing that worry changes is you. It makes you miserable. It makes you irritable. It makes you frustrated. It makes you impossible to work with and deal with. Worry literally stresses you out. Number four. Worry is unnecessary. Matthew 6 verse 30 says, And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? See, there is a correlation and connection between a lack of faith and worry. See, when we are worrying, we're actually putting more faith into our problem than we are into the problem solver. We are putting more problem, we are putting more faith into the problem instead of the promise giver. When we are worrying, it shows a demonstration of a lack of faith in our life. And so what Jesus is saying, if that God that cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So worry is not only useless, it is unnecessary. There is no need to worry. When you know that the same God that feeds the birds of the air, that feeds the fish in the sea, that feeds the animals that run through the fields, that is the same God that is taking care of you. And so the first step in managing stress is to refuse to worry about anything. Why? Because worry is unreasonable. Worry is unnatural. Worry is unhelpful. And worry is unnecessary. Look at what First Peter says, chapter 5, verse 7. It says, give all your worries to him because he cares about you. 
Give all your worries to him. Notice it doesn't say give him just the little worries. See, that's what we do sometimes. Do you know that there's no big problem to God? God sees all of your problems as little problems. God sees all your, your impossibilities as possibilities. God doesn't have big problems. But notice Peter says, give all of your worries, not just some of them, not just the, the ones that, that you think God can handle, not just the ones that you think that, that are important to him. God, he says, give all of your worries. One of the, the reincurring themes that we teach our kids in Access Church, that whatever matters to God, whatever matters to you matters to God. He is your heavenly father. And we've been talking about this as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit actually cares about whatever you care about. And so oftentimes we think Think that God is only interested in the areas of religion and the areas of faith but do you realize that God cares about every part and every facet of your life God cares about your marriage God cares about your children God cares about your health God cares about your peace of mind God cares about your mental health God cares about your children God cares about your finances he literally cares about everything that's why Peter says give all your worries to him because he cares all about you. See, sometimes we only come to God in the religious areas. God, give me more faith. Give me more wisdom. Help me pray more. Help me to be more righteous, me holy. Do you know that God, because he's your heavenly father, he cares about every facet of your life. Whatever matters to you matters to him. Whatever, whatever makes you sad makes him sad. Whatever disappoints you, disappoints him. God cares about you. And that's what Peter is saying. He says, give. You know that word give in the original language means, it, it, it means to just drop it. It means just to let it go. It means to release. It means to not want it anymore. And so what Peter is saying, what you need to do to manage your stress and to manage your worry is you need to say, God, these are no longer my problems. This is no longer my situation. This now belongs to you. I submit and surrender. Not only my plans, but I submit and surrender my, my promises. I, I submit and surrender my, my purpose. I submit and surrender my problems. Everything that I have. See, when you stop worrying and you cast all your worries on him because he cares for you, you begin to let them go. It's time to let go of things in your life. So how do we let go of things? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Paul tells us in the next part, he says, talk to God about everything. So the first thing he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. In other words, don't panic about your problem. Pray. Don't worry about your problem. Worship. He says you've got to talk to God about everything. Do you know that worrying is talking to yourself about your problem and talking to yourself is not going to do any good. That's what worrying is. It's telling yourself how big your problem is. It's telling yourself how impossible your problem is. It's telling yourself that it's never going to happen. You're telling yourself and you have no ability to resolve your issue or your problem. So when you worry, you're talking to yourself. And Paul is saying, if you want to live stress-free and worry-free, then don't talk to yourself. You've got to talk to God about 
everything. Like we just said, oftentimes we only pray, we're only praying about spiritual things. We're only praying about religious things. But Paul is saying, if you want to live stress-free, if you do these things, you will be at peace. You've got to talk to God about everything. Tell him when the Cowboys win. I told y'all last week they were going to win. Y'all haters. Security. He says, talk to God about everything. Do you know that there's nothing... that you want to talk to God about that he's not interested in hearing. Why, why, would, why would God tell us in his word to talk to him about everything? He wants to know how your day is. He wants to know how you're feeling. He wants to know where you're at. He wants to know what you're going through. He wants you to seek him. He wants you to look to him. He says, talk to God. And Paul says, pray about everything. In other words, talk to God about everything. And he says, tell God what you need. You know, when I was a kid and there was something that I wanted, right? But how do we say it as kids? Like, I need this. Malachi will come and say, Dad, I need this. Son, you don't need that toy. You want that toy. Right? We feel like if we put the need in front of it, like they're more inclined to do that. When I was a kid, I would go and tell my dad, Dad, I, I, I need this or I want this. And oftentimes there were things that were, that were very expensive. And, and when I said I needed something, do you think I was worried about how much it would cost? Do you think I was worried about where my dad was going to get the money from? No, never once did I worry about where my dad is going to get the money. It was not my job to figure that out. It was my daddy's job to figure that out. It was my job as a kid to let him know what I needed. It was my job simply to ask. And so I'm here to tell you it's not your job to figure out how God is going to solve your problem. It's not your job to figure out how God is going to restore your marriage. It's not your job to figure out how God is going to bless and prosper you. All you have to do, it is your job to ask. Ask your Heavenly Father. Say, Father, I need help. Daddy, I need help. Da Daddy, I need hope. Daddy, I need strength daddy I need a job daddy I need a raise daddy I need a car daddy we need a house whatever it is he doesn't say just ask for the little things he doesn't say just ask for spiritual things he said ask about everything that you need see when you worry instead of asking you're acting like an atheist worrying is practical atheism. Why? Because you're acting like you don't have a heavenly father in your life. You're acting like God doesn't exist. You're acting like God is not a provider. You're acting like he is not Jehovah Jireh. You're acting like he is not Jehovah Shalom, your peace. You're acting like he is not Jehovah Sikhanu, your, 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 your righteousness. You're acting like he's not El Shaddai, the God who was sufficient for his people needs. You're acting like a spiritual orphan. When you're worried, you're saying that my problem is my problem. I'm going to handle it. When all of a sudden, you have a heavenly father that is just waiting and willing to help. I'm living this with, with, with Micah. 
Because anytime Micah needs something, he says, Daddy, help you. Help you, Dad. Help you. He's really asking me because I'm always offering to help. And so when he needs help, he says, help you, Dad. Help you, Dad. And he'll put his hand. Do you think there's ever times like, get out of here, kid. That help you, Dad. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I will drop it to help you, Dad. And see, God is waiting to drop everything else so that he can help you when you say, help you, Dad. Help you, Dad. He's just waiting. He is your Heavenly Father. He is your provider. He is your blesser. He is your miracle worker. He is your hope. He is your peace. In James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, You do not have because you do not ask God. The New King James Version says, You have not because you ask not. Your Heavenly Father is saying whatever you're going through you don't need to worry all you need to do is ask so in order to live stress-free worry less and ask more in fact look at how what paul writes to the romans in romans 8 32 he says since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all won't he also give us everything else we need look at what Paul is saying that your heavenly father even gave up his son why would he not give you everything else that you need if he was willing to give up his own son for you why would God not be willing to give you everything else you need and he's saying all you have to do is ask. Go to him with a humble and contrite heart and say, Daddy, help you. Daddy, I need you. Abba Father, the same Father that feeds the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the animals that scurry along the ground is the same Father that is willing to help you it all you have to do is ask you know sometimes we feel embarrassed to ask God because like I said oftentimes the source of our stress is our own is our own mismanagement of time finances resources mismanagement of relationships but you know that there's sometimes that my sons will get themselves in a bind and Michael will, will tell him, don't get on the chair, don't get on the couch, don't jump. And then he'll fall. He put himself in a bind. And he'll say, help you, Dad, help you, Dad. Do you think, no, mijo, you got yourself, you got to get yourself out of that one. You know, as a father, even though he got himself in the bind, even though he got himself in the mess, even though he's the source of his own stress, and he calls out for Daddy, Daddy's going to be right there. And I'm here to tell you that your Heavenly Father will be right there even when you're the source of your own stress. Because he is a good father. We mishandle our schedules. We mishandle our finances. We mishandle our health. We mishandle our relationships. Oftentimes, we're the source of our own stress. And even in those moments, your heavenly father is just waiting for you to ask for his help.
because he is a good, good father. Will you stand with me today? Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you today. God, we thank you for the secret sauce of living stress-free. Teach us not to worry, but to trust. To talk to you about everything and tell you everything that we need. And in all things, be grateful and thankful for all you have done. God, I pray that as we enter this holy, sacred season where we celebrate the commencement of your birth, God, I pray that we would not lose focus on what the priority and the purpose of this season is, is to celebrate you coming to this earth. God, help us not to live this season stressed out, to be worried about the gifts and the presents, worried about all the, the decorations, worried about all the accommodations for the guests that are coming over. But God, that we would put our focus and our trust in you. God, teach us not to worry but teach us to trust in order to be stress-free, to have a mind and a heart at rest and at peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.